0: Log Talk Radio. And good evening. My name is Ryan Miner, and you are listening to a minor detail on the Change Montgomery County Radio Network. Uh, we are a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working for you. Our four verticals, as always, are jobs, transportation, infrastructure, community related issues, and tonight, the big one education. And I'm so proud because I have literally sitting right next to me. And we were joking offline that it was almost like it was an SNL skit that we have here. We have our (laughs) headphones and our microphones. I have with me uh, a former Board of Education candidate, Laurie Halberson. So, Laurie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ryan.
0: Absolutely. We are so excited to have your expertise. And before we begin the show, I want to say that, Laurie, you're going to be joining Change Montgomery County.
1: I am. I'm really excited about it. So
0: you, why don't I give you the floor. Go ahead and introduce yourself and just talk to us about um, how you got to, to learn about Change Montgomery County and what your role with the organization is going to look like.
1: Okay. Well, <clears throat> I have been a parent advocate for many years since my children were in school at Bellsville Elementary School. And I was a PTA leader, I was a PTA president, and then was involved with um, the county at the county level after we had a huge issue at our own school about mold in our portable classrooms. So after all that experience on MCC PTA as vice president of educational issues, I wanted to do something else besides PTA. So I got involved in, in running for board of ed last year. It was a wonderful experience, really enjoyed the process. I lost, but... It was a. I still enjoyed the whole thing. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, but after that, I was looking for something else to do, and uh, I feel like Change Montgomery County was a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Howard, um, who ran for, oh gosh, it was it state? He center. ran for state senate. Center, yes. He um, contacted me because we had had met each other on the campaign trail,
0: <laughs> and I should he, mention Frank <laughs> is the. Uh, our president yeah. of Change Montgomery County. And yeah. uh, he does a great job with uh, some of the daily operations. So, yeah, we're yeah. Gl- great to have Frank.
1: So he contacted me and asked if I was interested. And uh, after took, I took a look and talked to him, and I was very impressed and I feel like it's a good fit. And so I will be involved on the education arm of the four different areas of uh, education, transportation, jobs, and community. Right. And uh, I will be Uh, in charge of the education side of it. Um, I feel like it's a great way to uh, help to educate our um, citizens of the county. One of the things I feel like is missing is that, people don't really understand the issues sometimes. And I do a lot of research on all the issues involved in, involved with education, mm-hmm. and I feel like I really um, can help to explain some of the issues and give a point of view that you may not always hear of when you get in uh, quick notes from MCPS or... Um, information from your principal I am hoping to provide a perspective from the parents perspective
0: so and and you're gonna be doing a radio show
1: I am that's hoping the goal to. This that is, is my first attempt uh, I've never done a podcast before so um, but it's so, so but it's so, so relaxed so we're no but but <laughs> as you can tell the audience you and
0: yeah. I are sitting at my kitchen table we have our headphones on we have our computer we have our sound mixer right. and and uh, it's just like we're having a conversation, and, I, and we spoke off uh, off mic, as if you will, mm-hmm. about the process. And uh, it's it's going to be it's not so bad, is it? So far, so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have what another uh, no, what fifty five minutes to go. But no, yeah. this the time is going to fly, and we always have a great time, and we we get to the the core of many of the issues. And I'm so excited to have you because education is a real passion of mine. Uh, as you know, Kim and I, we have two children in Montgomery County Public Schools. Mm -hmm. Education is the future for everything. We want to make sure, in Montgomery County specifically, that our schools are operating at peak efficiency. And in order to make that happen, we have to have a great superintendent to be in charge of the daily operations of our school system. And so, right now, we are beginning uh, to interview a superintendent. So, as you are well aware, that back in, was it February? Uh, Superintendent Starr, Joshua Starr. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> because I, I, maybe I'm confused, Lark.
1: Well, one of the biggest questions that I was asked, I have to say, after my election was, what's the scoop about Dr. Starr? Right. Um, you know, I think there's just a lot of speculation about what happened. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know all the details, but I do um, – I, I do think that, you know, there were probably some um, miscommunication between the board and um, Dr. Star. possibly. I feel like uh, um, for some reason he was not, you know, they, he, he, they did not renew his contract. Right. So you so have to
0: move forward from that.
1: So, Dr. Starr, they,
0: they asked the Board of Education... Right. literally did not renew his contract. Is it, or Although
1: I believe he he did resign before there was a true election so that we right. don't know how many how many of the board actually would have voted to not renew the contract.
0: And and he was leaving on uh I believe February he left February 16th.
1: Yeah, I think um it was probably the best thing for him to leave mm-hmm. earlier because from what i understand uh the this is superintendent hiring season right uh I know Boston last year um they started in late in the season and they did not find anyone, so they ended up continuing their search until um until now recently they just finally found someone right um so i I think that that was probably a good thing for Dr. Starr to leave early so that we could start a, a the process when a lot of other schools were looking and we jumped we we were ahead of the curve on some from some of the other schools that we're looking at as, well, as well. Right. So now the, now that
0: superintendent star, he came in with, I think it was 2011. He was, uh, he came mm-hmm. in with that yeah. class and uh, there was a few. And do you want to expound upon, uh, upon Dr. Starr's um, his vision while he was in and give a little bit of background into uh, who Dr. Starr was and some of the, the accomplishments that happened on his watch for uh, on behalf of Montgomery mm-hmm. County schools and talk about the, the leadership dynamic there and kind of what led up to the point of him leaving and departing. And it, and it seemed to me and many others that, um, his departure, maybe it expect, was it expected? Did he, would
1: you agree with that? Or, or do you think it think was think sudden? It was expected. I think that's why so many people were surprised and upset. Right. Um, I think, um, that when Dr. Starr was hired, there was, there was some bitterness, uh, it, Especially in the Carver headquarters, I feel like. um, And when you, when you,
0: what do you, what do you mean? From
1: from Dr. Reef, who was the previous superintendent. Okay. Um, He he accomplished. uh, I think he accomplished quite a bit. He was he was able to maintain a uh, top school system in the nation, and he. uh, But he was known as. um, I don't know if the word slave driver is, but I think he he really did um, push a lot of the principals, uh, and challenge them. Um, to To do their best, and sometimes it was a little too much for some people. Um, that might have been a good thing, though, because I think some of those principals who we may not have wanted to stay left. Mm. Um, so maybe that was a good thing that he he was that way. Um, also, we were in the middle of the Seven Keys to um, Seven Keys for a Success for College and Career. Mm-hmm. That was a huge campaign uh, that. Dr. Weist headed up Um, and there was some dissatisfaction with that program because uh, it's the algebra expectations were too rigorous for some and they were Mm. forcing um, a lot of kids were taking double math uh, Mm. were not doing well in in math and that wasn't the right answer for some of these struggling kids so the 70s was not working well and I don't Think there were any measures of success that you know it was failing, but we really weren't sure what they didn't have any measures to right. to um, say whether it was working or not. Uh, so, Dr. Starr was kind of hired in the middle of all that Seven Keys stuff, <laughs> and people wanted a change. I think they wanted someone who would be more reactive with the public. Dr. Wee seemed to be somewhat removed from the public. It was hard for a PTA leader to have a meeting with him. Dr. Starr was much more open, and he of course brought in um social media mm-hmm. that uh, I think a lot of people really liked about him. he uh was uh, you, you would always find him with a cell phone when he's walking around in the hallways he was tweeting <laughs> so he, he really um
0: really took to that so and i, 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 I want to read to you uh, I'm looking at Bethesda magazine uh it's an online article, and the the title of the article by written by uh, Miranda Spivak is it's called grading Josh star or grading Joshua star. The super and the sub headline is the superintendent hopes to spend another four years running the county's public schools. Does he deserve to keep the job? Obviously now that is a moot point. Um, And the article opens up and it says it was supposed to be a moment that highlighted Montgomery County's investment in classroom technology. Five public school teachers from the county were seated and a neat row at the front of a classroom at Ridgeview Middle School in Gaithersburg, while behind them two other county teachers were visible on a large screen waiting for a Google Chat to begin. Montgomery County Public Schools officials had invited school board members and three members of Montgomery County's Education Committee to to view the demonstration in late October as a way to thank them for coming up with extra money to pay for technology. And then it goes on to say that, Montgomery County Public Schools Superintendent Joshua Starr rose to say a few words and then tried to chat with teachers on the screen. But when the teachers spoke, no one could hear them. Then the screen froze. A star aide quickly rebooted the system, and within minutes, everything was running smoothly. The incident seemed an, an apt metaphor for Starr's own performance as head of the state's largest and fastest-growing school system. Though he has taken steps to address some of the district's most pressing challenges, there have been some missteps, and it remains to be seen whether those efforts will succeed. Star, whose four-year contract ends June 30th, and now it would have – so Star would have actually – his contract mm-hmm. would have ended, but he left February the 16th uh, prematurely before right. uh, he did uh, – before his contract ended. And it's at Star who was hoping that he'll have the opportunity to find out. Well, he didn't. But the school board is scheduled to begin formal discussions in February on whether to renew Starr's contract, which ultimately that did not happen because he resigned. Um, and it said, although the informal conversations are already said to be underway, and Starr's long-term future here appears less to be less than assured. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading this, and it said that some members weren't happy to find out in 2013 that Starr who had worked for the New York City Public school system and has family there has talked had talked to the mayor about becoming the new city's school Chancellor a year later though star said he's firmly committed to his current job, which in 2014 paid him a base salary of two hundred and sixty thousand one hundred dollars so we've heard the, I've heard that many rumors and it's, it's just it wasn't confined within Montgomery county public schools. I heard it from people in Annapolis mm-hmm. I heard it from others that It seemed like that maybe Superintendent Starr was always looking for one step up, another gig that was better than Montgomery County Public Schools. When you were running, Laurie, for public office, when you were running for the the Montgomery County Board of Education, did you hear parents uh, enumerate those similar concerns?
1: The biggest complaint I heard from parents is that uh, especially from special needs parents was that he talked a lot about social and emotional learning and how he was going to improve that. And they were expecting immediate change to happen and did not feel like anything was changing there. So they were frustrated. Um, I heard a lot, a lot from parents on that issue. I didn't really hear people saying they were upset that he Mm -hmm. um, tried to get the New York job. I imagine, I mean, that's, somewhat a good thing that he was in such demand that they want, that they considered. And he's a young guy. He's a young guy. Um, And he's from that general area, I believe. So he, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's something he should have done or not. I don't think that should affect his performance. He did. He's decided to stay or or I guess he wasn't offered the job. Right. But, but um, I, I don't, I mean, maybe that set some bad, um, Relationships between the board members and dr. Starr, yeah. so I just to
0: lay out the statistics of our district mm-hmm. um, Montgomery County Public Schools has approximately one hundred fifty four thousand students and an operating budget of about two point three billion dollars billion dollars i mean it's It's an enterprise this yeah. is a huge responsibility for any superintendent to come in and that and it seemed like that that from my perspective uh that that Superintendent Starr had a grand vision for Montgomery County Public Schools, but it fell sometimes on deaf ears. Or what this article goes on to say, that when Starr took over as the superintendent in 2011, he inherited a rapidly growing school district facing changing demographics and harsh economic realities that were much different from those faced by his predecessor, Jerry Wheat. That's
1: true. And and, I mean... Really, I'm just wondering how any superintendent would be able to handle the kinds of challenges that we've had lately with the increased enrollment. It's um, our schools are overcrowded. We, you know, MCPS has a plan to um, modernize the. Schools, but then there's also a lot more people coming in, so you have to add a lot of portables, and they're trying to add additions to all of these schools mm-hmm. as well, which gets in the way of modernization. And the money is not all there, and so we have more and more portables every year. Mm. Um, that That's a huge challenge. That I really don't know who, who can handle something like that. I mean, um, I feel like the uh, a large portion of the, the kids that are coming from, um, that are the reason for the enrollment increase is the undocumented students from Central America. And, um, I, I know that at least a thousand and I heard from a, um, someone recently that 1900, um, students have come from, from Central America in one year. That is a, that's a lot. Um, it's a and, lot of tax dollars. Too. It's a, and it's not just, um, a, a regular once one child from Central America is, it's a lot different in cost mm-hmm. compared to another child because they have they they come here with trauma. A lot of the mm. students uh, have been raped. Some of them have never been in school before until they get to Montgomery County. So and they're you know, they're
0: they're that's their first. They don't speak English, of course. They do not, and it's their first foray into American public school system. And right. we should say that I I am so proud of the Montgomery County Public School System. They do have a fantastic school system, and I and but. There's a mixture of – it seems like a mixture of vision uh, on the school board versus Dr. Starr, and I want to read to you Mm -hmm. a quote. It said, Josh has wanted to put his imprint on the system, but he hasn't had the luxury of good fiscal things or good fiscal times to set in motion, says Patricia O'Neill, a school board member from Bethesda, incidentally the school board president and your former opponent. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and she's right. There, it, it, it has been a, a difficult times financially for him. He came in uh, at the um, during the recession, and you know things were slowly getting better. But um, you know, one of the one of the things I feel like Dr. Starr did not quite figure out, and maybe it would have worked over time, but he he was not um, as politically savvy as Dr. Weese. Um I mean you have to be a relationship builder as a superintendent and you may be the best academically and you may be great a great leader, but to be able to handle the politics here is very very difficult. Um and he he didn't quite master that, I think. Hmm. Um Well and and
0: the school board president Patricia O'Neill, she went on to say that it was a lot easier for Jerry to get some quick wins by implementing all day kindergarten and redu- reducing class size in the primary grades. We don't have that kind of money now. Which is yeah. true. The school system, they do not have the money that they once had under the former superintendent, um, Jerry White. Is it Jerry White? Is it White? Yeah. Okay, my 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 fault. Um so I, I'm going to continue with this Bethesda article, uh this Bethesda magazine article. And it said that Starr says his fo- that he was focused on making sure that all MCPS students receive the same quality education, and he begun with programs to help them get ready for college, including one with Montgomery College and the universities at Shady Grove. He is also pushing for the expansion of project-based learning programs, and that's in quotations, in high schools that incorporate hands-on learning and real-world projects to teach students to be critical thinkers
1: and problem solvers. So, that's important, yeah, it all sounds good to me, but yeah you know it maybe it was too many things that he brought up to um he had a lot of ideas with social emotional learning and um <clears throat> and you know closing the gap and a lot of challenges that he tried to address uh but didn't really. Uh, set a clear vision Mm. of what we really need to have.
0: And you say vision, and so I want to read this, and it's going to, that might seem, it might seem a lie what I'm about to read. So the article went on to say that despite these efforts, Star's critics, he says that they, they say that he was not doing enough or moving quickly enough to close the achievement gap, which we talked about offline, and address these pressing issues. Some Including parents, board members, and elected officials, described Starr as a remote technocrat who is more easily understood through his frequent tweets than when he tries to explain something in person. Mm-hmm. And you told you told me, and I, I don't know if you're I hope you're comfortable sharing this anecdote that um, you had taken leadership in Montgomery County with yes. uh, Superintendent former Superintendent Starr Dr. Starr, and um, you, you you described him as sitting in the back of the room and playing on the iPad. And I hope I'm not putting it on the spot, but but it sort of conforms with what critics were saying. Yeah. That maybe he was detached and and somewhat aloof. And I've heard from many, many other parents and teachers mm-hmm. and administrators. I've heard this behind the scenes that he wasn't hands on. He did not ingratiate himself among the Montgomery County communities or go out and be a man of the people, which we know that when superintendents come into uh, a new district, a new area that they're totally unfamiliar with. They have to really put themselves out there before the community and let people get to know them. And it yes. seems, and I've heard many complaints that Dr. Starr did not let people get to know who Dr. Starr was.
1: Yes, but I do have to say that, of you know, when I, would, I if I had to pick the best superintendent we could have, what I would probably do is take Dr. Reese and mix them with dr star okay because um i feel like dr wiest was was good at uh, with symbolism he was able to really give us a a strong message of what um what we need to be moving toward um and dr star was great with the you know the tweeting and the Hmm. social media and um and he really seemed to be um I think he was liked by you know the the parent community seemed to like him generally. Um, some were were upset, but boy, people were upset at Dr. Weist as well. But people but he seemed to be respected. But Laurie, people day. are always yeah. upset with the superintendent. That's, that's true. There's not a there's
0: everybody has some sort of beef with the superintendent. Many people like the superintendent, and then there's many people who don't like the superintendent for whatever reason. And sometimes those reasons can include well, it was a snow day and. He didn't call schools soon enough. So they blame the superintendent, right. who is the operational manager of the school system. And the superintendent, like a CEO of a company, they have a major responsibility. And no one, not everyone will be satisfied with what they do or their vision that they push forward through a school system. And so back to this Bethesda Magazine article, mm-hmm. I'm reading it said, some teachers complain that the district has fumbled its continuing rollout of curriculum changes required by the state's adoption of the more rigorous Common Core standards for math and English, leaving them struggling in the classroom. And other issues have drawn public criticism, including the handling of several cases of MCPS employees accused of inappropriate conduct with students, the recent controversy Mm -hmm. over the school board's decision to remove all religious references from the MCPS calendar, and Star's decision to back off of a proposal he initially endorsed to change high school start times so students could get more sleep. Now, that was Yeah, that the,
1: that was a, a That was a big point of contention, I, I wasn't believe, it? I agree. I I felt like he could have been stronger on that issue. Um it seemed like the first time around they should have come up with some viable uh, options and that did not happen. Um another issue that that came up during when he was superintendent are the math um the algebra final exam scores um were you know, most of the kids were failing the final exams. And that was actually happening under Dr. Wiest as well. Uh and it was just a continuing issue and I think people were frustrated that it was still right still going on. Uh and um you know and and it I don't know what happened to that issue. I feel like it's, yeah. you know, it seemed like every, the past couple of years, the kids are still failing to silence the answer. So a guy
0: by the name of Michael Petrelli, he's the president yep. of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute. Yep.
1: I know who he is. Yeah. I follow his tweets. Okay, yeah,
0: <laughs> as as I do. And uh-huh. um, so he's the president of a Think Tank in BC, and he's the author of a 2012 book. Uh, it's called The Diverse Schools Dilemma. Uh, A Parent's Guide to Socioeconomically Mixed Public Schools. And he's written about his family's decision to move from uh, the more diverse Tacoma Park to Bethesda in search for better schools. Mm. And he wrote that, I feel like Josh Starr has more of a profile nationally as a commentator or pundit than he does as a local leader, Petrelli says. It is not clear to me what exactly his agenda is here in Montgomery County. Could you say that many parents and outside onlookers – and even the pundits themselves, they could not put a pulse on what Josh Starr hoped to accomplish here in Montgomery County.
1: I think so. Uh, and one of those areas is Common Core. Um, he was, a, I think, the only superintendent to come out with some negativity about the testing, which I think people liked to hear. But then he he was. A they pro- did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can speak from yeah. that was what hooked me and said, uh-huh. OK. This guy is listening. He understands and he's hearing what teachers in classrooms are having to say that there's no professional development.
1: Yeah, I do feel like he could have followed through more on that and really uh, stood up for teachers to, um, you know, really. uh, I, I know that would be going against the state, but the testing was just not fair for the, for the kids to go through when the teachers got a pass. They they weren't being evaluated um, this year right. on the test. But the kids still had to take the test. And, um, you know, they're, the parents will be getting the results uh, next, you know, by December, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and he could have, I think, been stronger um, on behalf of, of the kids, too, and saying this is not right. This is not right, right for kids. Uh, and, and and put his foot down. I don't know, if, I guess it's not possible to put your foot down when you have what? a state board of ed person, a, a state um, superintendent who really calls the shots on what happens.
0: Yeah, Dr. Lowry, of course, does call the shots yeah. and our super, each superintendent works um, in conjunction with the state school superintendent, Dr. Right. Lillian Lowry. And, f- and for most part, I, I like Dr. Lowry and what she has done in the last few years and one thing about Dr. Lowry is that she's very hands-on, mm-hmm. and she does show up, and, which is important. Um, and I, I want to I go back to this article, and it said that when Starr was hired in 2011, uh, school board members and local politicians said they looked forward to a leader who would, who would instill a more open and responsive culture. Starr quickly embarked on a listening tour, meeting often with county residents, staff, parents, and students, and visiting schools to learn about concerns and issues he He held book club meetings that were broadcast on the district's website to engage the community on progressive ideas in education. The collaborative style has won praise from County Council Member Craig Rice, chairman of the the council's education committee. Leaders of the county's teachers unions also say Starr looks to them for advice and keeps them in the loop. He is very good about making sure that we are included in the decision-making process for most major discussions, says Doug Prouty president of the Montgomery County Education Association, the union that represents MCPS teachers. So according to this article, when he first got here, he was responsive and Mm -hmm. he went on a listening tour and he wanted to meet the residents of Montgomery County and he wanted to get to know them. so when this firm – and the firm that has been hired to – to, to find a new superintendent. Yeah, Hazard,
1: Hazard Young & Associates is the name of the firm. So
0: they're doing they're conducting this nationwide search. Right. And they've also conducted other nationwide searches for superintendents, and it's kind of like the go-to firm that you would hire to look for a superintendent.
1: Yes, and they they were the same firm that hired Dr. Starr.
0: Okay, right, exactly. And his predecessor, right?
1: I'm not sure. Okay. They were involved with Weast. I would think they probably were. Okay. I, I don't know for sure.
0: But I know that they are – uh well respected well regarded uh yes. in and the in the uh the, the education community
1: yeah, and I do have to say when dr starr they were in the hiring process for him, I was an officer of the county level PTA, and hazard and young um associates they, the um, employees there met with the officers of MCCP mm-hmm. and they were very thorough in asking us questions about what we wanted in a superintendent and I was very impressed with, okay. with that company. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm continuing this
0: article. County council member George Levinfall, who is a Democrat at large, uh, who's also been on our Change of Montgomery County radio network a few different times mm-hmm. and has always been very responsive to us. He became council president last December in 2014 after he was reelected and He tangled publicly with Starr about what Levinthal has described as the difficulty that council members experience when trying to get more information from Starr and his staff. Have you experienced that or have you heard that, that it was difficult to ascertain information from Dr. Starr in the administration?
1: Yes, I have heard that from several people in the county council, several county council members. Okay. Um, Yeah, for some reason it was very difficult. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. There was a... Um, script, e-script program that uh, there was <laughs> um, when I watched the video of the education committee, I was um, I, I could kind of see why STAR was upset with the way they handled that, I think. Um, because they they wanted to this is e-script money that you get from the government to mm-hmm. help pay for technology. And that technology money uh, this county council wanted to um, allow that, but then take away the money that they were going to be contributing. So in essence, it really didn't add anything to the technology of the school system. So um, I could see where he might have been a little upset at times of what was happening with um, some of the discussions with the county council. Um, uh, Has there been a contentious relationship
0: in the past between the county council and, let's say, the superintendent or the board of education? Because, I know that in some counties that uh, when the Board of Education invariably walks into the county council or into the county commissioners and they ask for the maintenance of maintenance of effort, of course it's required by law, but sometimes they ask for money above maintenance of effort right, and that causes problems or there's cost shifting, or you know they want one cost to be picked up by another cost, and I have heard rumors and I don't know if you can verify this, and I hate. Talking rumors on this show, but I have heard rumors that the Montgomery County Council has expressed that they would want to somehow have a greater amount of control over the Board of Education. Have yeah, you heard I, that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I,
1: I I know that they would like to have more control over that, um, and I think uh, there there's supposed to be more reporting, uh, open reporting of MCPS now of, of what's happening with our financial records. So um I I think if the I think the county council was very happy to hear that they were going to do that so hopefully there will be more openness um uh, I think uh, especially when Wiest was was the superintendent he found ways of kind of I think keeping money um hidden in a way that the county council didn't know about it okay so, um, and then all of a sudden this money would appear when there wasn't enough money and they weren't funding it. Oh, but we were able to find it, you know. Um, so it's almost like crying wolf every year. With and- with any agency,
0: with any government agency, mm-hmm. there's going to always be some, maybe some roadblocks in and, and communication. And uh, But have there been issues or circumstances of situations where the Board of Education did not work well with the, the county council or vice versa. Uh,
1: well I since I was never a board of a member, I can't speak exactly what happened to any of these issues, but um you can always tell the tension yeah. is, is there. Um and and maintenance of effort has been a really big part of that tension. And you know, I think if if there was if there were some changes with the maintenance of effort law that might help to uh, allow the county council to be more um open and providing the money that was, was really needed by MCPS.
0: And of course that would, that would have to happen at the state
1: level. Uh, well, the maintenance of efforts is set by the state, but the, uh, the board usually asks for more board of education, usually asks for more than the maintenance of effort saying that that's what they really need to fund what, the needs are in the school. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, the County council is just like, they are afraid to go over MOE now because of what happened with the recession. They're afraid to go over that amount. And, Um, And so that's really, they they don't want to give more than that. Mm -hmm. And so they keep looking at other ways they can move things around. And I think the pension fund was um, dipped into last Mm -hmm. year and all that. So, you know, I feel like we're running out of places to dip into. And that's, you
0: know, Laurie, that's happening all over school districts Mm and all over the state. And they're having similar issues. And when a board of education uh, comes up to the the, the county council or the, the county commissioners and they say, well, we need extra money, but – and then they say, well, we don't have it. We don't yeah. have it. But right. by law, they have to be funded by uh, the the amount that they were by, by the previous year. So,
1: But they can decide to underfund it and then not they, get the state funding. The, they, and, they
0: can, and that can be very problematic for yeah. a school district. Right. And I want to go back to this article again because I think this is – by the way, but that's they do a really great job of articulating. Yes, I
1: enjoy their article.
0: Yeah, so and I, I like to pull some information from there quite mm-hmm. often. And I'm reading from this that it said a newly elected school board member member, Jill Orton Faus of Silver Spring, and uh you you also know Jill pretty well. I do. Yeah. I really
1: enjoyed um, talking with her throughout the campaign last year.
0: Yeah. Um, and she, who, she replaced Shirley Brandman of Bethesda, who was a long time board member. Yes. Um, says that she's eager to better understand the impact of some of the stars programs. He's willing to try some new things. And now we have to see if those are the kinds of things that we need, uh, that we have to do. So what do you, what do you think about that statement? Uh, yeah.
1: Um, she wanted to, to wait and see, I think, I mean, I,
0: that's important. You know,
1: but, yeah, but, but uh, you know, and I don't know what happened when she was elected, when she got on the board. Um, I know that, it you know, it takes five people huh. to to not renew the contract, so I doubt that, that Jill was one of the, was the person who really made everyone change their mind. Well, and she um, knew, so... Right, I I really doubt that. So, um, you know, but, she, you know, she probably had some questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you... When you were running for the Board of Education, mm-hmm. did you have an opportunity to sit down with Dr. Starr in the did. administration? Could you could you yeah. tell us about that experience?
1: Um, I asked if he could meet with me for breakfast, and he, of course, agreed. And we had a very nice, very nice discussion. Um, I think he was a little concerned that if I was elected, I would vote him out. Mm. Uh, but I wanted to assure him that I really understood how difficult the job was. And that I really respected him for all of his work, and um you know i I generally supported him mm-hmm. so you know i I don't think I would have been was a he supportive of, of you um he he basically said he could he could handle working with me,' <laughs> Isn't that
0: great like handle but
1: <laughs> well, I mean I think he said if I did my homework, I would be fine if with you, him. so that that's and I definitely do my homework, so I, I don't would, want to put I you would on would the spot.
0: <laughs> It's your first time, and I don't want to yeah. I don't want to bust your chops, and you're gonna have your own radio show. But I, I want to ask you a, a tough question, and, and you know, feel free if you don't want to answer it. I understand. But if you were a member of the board, come contract or come come time to renegotiate and re up his contract, would you have been able to vote for him to remain in place?
1: You mean would I have done that? Yes. I mean, I I can't answer that for sure because. I didn't know know. what was happening on the inside, but from the outside, I was willing to renew his contract from what I saw from the outside because I really felt that he was generally um, caring and uh, caring and trying to make uh, things happen. And uh, I knew that he had a lot of difficult challenges. Uh, I don't think we're going to find the perfect superintendent. I know he's, he wasn't perfect. Neither was Dr. Weiss. So, you know, sometimes you have to take what, what you have and make the best of it. And I feel like part of the reason he may not have been as successful is the board. The board has to help work with him to set the goals Mm -hmm. and the strategies for the school.
0: Absolutely. And the board has to be able to have a working relationship with the superintendent. And a lot of times you see there's some contention. And from my personal experience, I have seen where a, the board is faction and it might be former teachers uh that are factioned in one corner and then you have a, a separate entity of the community that represent let's just say the business side mm-hmm. and you have board members who uh oftentimes faction into those and then if the superintendent does not support let's say what they consider the the interests of the teachers as much as they they want they oftentimes level Uh, threats or votes of no confidence and whatnot. And and board members can do that because a board member's responsibility ultimately is to hire the superintendent and renew their contracts or, in this case, not renew their contracts. And you can often tell the board members, even watching the public meetings, who have that relationship with the superintendent Mm -hmm. and who appreciate him. But apparently four members or five members ultimately did not feel that Dr. Starr uh, was was the right guy for the job, therefore it was time to look. And I'm reading this Gazette uh, letter to the editor, and the it was written in um, Montgomery County's Gazette, a, a guy by the name of Stephen Weiss from Kensington. And mm-hmm. he said that the board, sh- the board should be commended for including representatives of several community groups in the interview process and for soliciting the input of parents through open forums held in March. And I want to talk about that. Montgomery County Public Schools, they they have appointed a group of community organizations and they're going to send representatives to meet with the finalists of the candidates. And however, so these representatives, they also must, ple- they must pledge that mm-hmm. they will not reveal the names of the candidates. And that's right. been a, a a criticism of the process that the board members have been very tight-lipped about what's been happening behind the closed scenes. And for full disclosure, in preparation for this show, Laurie, I had reached out to each individual board member and Dana Toppig from the Montgomery County Public Schools, uh, who is in the administration. He is a, I think, the P, the press person, the PR. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I, I had reached out and asked for comment. Of course, nobody got back to me. And mm-hmm. I didn't expect that because um, it's, been, it's been quoted many times that, they aren't talking about it. They're just and, – and another Bethesda article, Bethesda Magazine article, said that um, board president Patricia O'Neill declined to say whether board members have met with potential candidates. She said members believe they attract a strong pool of candidates if they keep the search process confidential and they don't introduce finalists to the community as some other school systems do when hiring a new superintendent. So what do you think about that aspect of the process? Should they be tight-lipped and – uh, very secretive, or should they sort of roll out the, the superintendent to the entire community to give him a te- give him or a test run?
1: I do think that it, at least in the beginning, when you're first in the hiring process, mm-hmm. when you have a large pool, you want to encourage everyone to um, apply without fear of being noticed, because of course we want to we want someone who's who's a successful superintendent. So I I doubt that a successful superintendent would apply if, if he or she knew that um, that he was going to be, um, his name would be known, and especially if he wasn't in the finalist, you know. So I feel like um, the at the finalist level, a lot of school systems do um, narrow it down to like three to five people, and that's when they announce it to the public. That's right. Um, that's what Boston did. I've been following Boston um, because they have the same company, Hazard & Young, also who did the search for them um they're not the same school system quite it's a large school system but not quite the same as ours um and i did find that they um they did hire someone uh his name is Tommy Chang and he's 39 years old he's never served as a superintendent and he's a one-time charter school principal um that's who they found for um boston a one-time Principal, that's what I read when I looked him up. So no Principal. experience in at all? Very little experience for a large school system, which uh, makes me
0: quite nervous. Boston's school system is how large?
1: I don't know how big they are. I'm but sure it's bigger than I that's pretty big.
0: I mean, that's a major <laughs> American city, so of course. Yeah,
1: so, um, you know, maybe, be, you know, I would rather it be a, a confidential process where, you know, all the way till the end mm-hmm. if, if we are able to get a better pool of candidates. Um, You know, maybe this Tommy Chang will be an excellent superintendent, but I don't think he even meets the qualifications of the Maryland state. Um, You know, I have a list of the qualifications. Well,
0: I I want to tell you that alongside those qualifications, Mm -hmm. there's going to be representatives drawn from these different groups. So here's the list of groups. Montgomery County Region of the Maryland Association of Student Councils. The Montgomery County Education Association. The Montgomery County Association of Administrators and Principals, the Service Employees International Union, which is SEIU Local yep. 500, mm-hmm. the Montgomery County Council PTAs, which of course makes sense, yep. the Special Education Advisory Committee, the Gifted and Talent Association of Montgomery County, Identity Inc., the NAACP, the, the Montgomery County Maryland branch, the League of Educators for Asian American Progress. The Montgomery County Business Roundtable for Education, Montgomery College, the University of Shady Grove, the Latino Student Achievement Action Group, the African-American Student Achievement Action Group, the Montgomery County Department of Health and Human Services, and the Montgomery County Recreation Department. So from reading this list, it looks like that the they're, they're trying to get a, a swirl of all kinds. of groups and yeah,
1: it, there it, is a strong representation of oh, sure. the public, I think, in that group. Uh and I I think it's a it's a fair process, I think. Um it would be nice if we could see the finalists, but I, I want to make sure we get the best possible candidate. So um you know I I think that this might be what, what we need to go with.
0: Stephen Weiss, who wrote yes. the letter to the editor, gentleman from Kensington, um, he wrote that the board members owe the public a detailed response to the report's findings and he wrote that the board should elaborate on the qualifications it is looking for in the ideal candidate specify the goals it expects the new superintendent to accomplish and define the merit the metrics of success for the superintendent's leadership and performance that performance must bring parents many of whom remain skeptical of the board and uninformed of the reasons for STARS dismissal back into the discussion. The board needs to actively involve the community in setting the path forward and empowering the next superintendent to create the best educational experience possible for all of the county's students. Do you agree add, with that?
1: Um, yeah, I, and I want to add you. Um, I was able to get a leadership profile report on the MCPS website. If you go to their website and you search uh, superintendent search, you will find um, there is a report, and you can see what um, they had a number of town hall meetings, and they also met with the administrators and with teachers and staff, and they have a complete report that you can read that, that says shows what kind of superintendent they want to they want to have, um, the characteristics, and they came up with a Hazard and Young came up with a, a profile, uh, moving putting all everyone's together. Uh, and they, so you can see the desired characteristics also on that website. So it uh, and it I I always like looking. I remember I found out some interesting details about how the administrators feel, uh, and it's quite um, and it's very helpful to see some of their comments. Um, you want me to mention a couple of the comments that that they yeah please okay. go ahead. Um, they so, so this is a study
0: that they did that. That, there's, yeah. that will help them choose the next superintendent.
1: They got input from the administrators, and so I'm going to read a couple things that they said. Uh, they said, the system has a lot of good senior leaders who will be hard to replace. There are too many leaders new to their jobs and to MCPS who need a lot of support and reassurance. They lack leadership skills and confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know that like, a number of, of top people at MCPS have left um, in the past couple of years, which is concerning. Uh, they also mentioned um, they that... MCBS has to work to change the silo man- mentality among departments. Huh. Um, what, do you, what does that mean? I think, you know, a silo is kind of its own thing, right? So, yeah. so, like, everyone has their own department and they all act just as a as one department and they don't really they're coordinate not collaborative. very well. Right, they're not right. collaborative. Um, uh, let's see, another thing. They said, we have lost our commitment to continuous improvement and respect for all, which was our legacy and reputation in the past. Um, and they said we need to make sure the strength of the workforce is maintained. Hmm. So these are some some con- these concerns um, kind of show a little bit about about how administrators were feeling under star.
0: Well, that's that's certainly interesting, and you have to keep administrators happy, and really have to keep everyone happy, especially teachers. What do you right. think? What have you hearing? What what teachers are commenting about the process? Um, maybe from the association, have you heard uh, what they want? Of course, every association wants a superintendent <laughs> who's going to throw them a bone. And uh,
1: oh yeah, they want someone who will, will be collaborative with that with them. And, but only them. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm just being fair, right. but I mean that's where the politics comes in. Whoever is superintendent has to really be strong and and do what's right for the kids and you know listen to the listen to the teachers union, uh listen to SEIU which is the um service union. What what um,
0: was STAR's relationship with teachers and the union?
1: Well I or think the, the relationship with the union was pretty good. Okay. Um I don't think the teachers felt like they were supported with common core training uh and it got a little bit better last summer, but I feel that that a lot of teachers were very frustrated with the rollout of the Common Core. But that's that was happening nationwide. That is uh, a...
0: <laughs> and, and you know, Laurie, in your campaign, you probably heard I, a lot about that.
1: I did, yeah. I heard a lot about it. And, uh, you know, some, some areas are much... I, I'm not hearing as much, though, as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I think there are other states that are having much... You know, parents are many parents are opting out of taking the testing in some of the other states, but I haven't heard that that's been a problem. And Dr. Here.
0: Starr was someone that took a stand against the over testing. He well, we're hearing right. that, and with Common Core came Park, And right. with Park, you can opt out, you have the ability to opt out. Many parents yeah. are doing that nationwide now. Yeah. And I've had a lot of friends who have urged other school districts and have been working with many groups throughout the state of Maryland and uh, extending that into the nationwide uh, paradigm that you can opt out. Your kid was a – was was a, should the new superintendent – should he have an agenda for testing? Should he have an agenda and a problem um, with uh, with Common Core? Because it seemed like Dr. Starr certainly wasn't a – the standards were a different story
1: because mm-hmm. he broke down the standards. I don't think we want a superintendent who comes in and says – we love the testing we wanted to continue and yeah. you know um we want them to i think support the state um state independence um and of their own standards uh and and try to work with with uh with Dr. Lowry and improving the, the testing and making sure that parents and the public can have input if they don't like some of the standards. Because right now, I don't know what will happen if if there's something that, that parents don't like about the standards. There's no process in place mm-hmm. on what how to change anything.
0: There's a host of other issues that come into play when a superintendent is hired, especially with nutrition. and one passionate one issue that I'm extraordinarily passionate about is the utilization of technology in the classrooms. And I feel like our, not only do our lights need to be tuned in our house, but they're they're dimming. (laughs) But
1: uh, Uh, there's the tech. It's the mood. Yeah,
0: we're nearing 10 o'clock. But I think that technology is such an important aspect in our classrooms and how they're teaching students to to utilize technology in the 21st century. Because practically everything that we do in in the future, will be technology-based, but that still doesn't replace a well-qualified teacher in the classroom, which is the most important aspect. Our teacher has to be the front and center, but an appendage of the teacher, a compliment to the teacher – is technology, a laptop or a tablet. What do you think about that when when the board is looking for people who outline their vision and enumerate uh, the possibilities moving forward with technology?
1: Yeah, well, I think technology is important, but I think that the the, um, MCPS was rushed into buying a whole bunch of Chromebooks for our students (sighs) that were not compatible with other things that the kids are doing. And I heard some... People saying how their kids were having trouble when they took the park tests because the Chromebooks are so small. They were looking, you know, usually when you have a pencil and paper, you can look, you can look at two different places at one time. But they had to only look at one little, little screen, and then they had to flip to another screen when they were answering reading questions, and it just was, um, was not very um, helpful in their process of taking the test. So. Um, You know, I I think you have to be careful about how you choose your technology. Promethean boards are probably already outdated. You could probably get a flat flat screen TV and and a laptop. But they're
0: utilized in many of the elementary school classrooms. And I know that our kids, they use the Promethean boards. And they do like it. Yeah, they
1: are very helpful. But, you know, they do cost a lot of money. And how do you replace them? Like when the Chromebooks are all um, in three years When they're not able to operate anymore, we're going to have to have money to pay for the new whatever it is. And, um, you know, maybe the cost of that will replace what we would have paid for uh, textbooks. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you you can't always have the, the newest thing because the newest thing always costs so much money. Sure.
0: But but the but the application of technology must yeah. be established in the classroom, yeah. and I think Montgomery County does it really well. They they have introduced many new te- technology concepts into their vision of Montgomery County Public Schools, and the students are adapting. Right and and. But, again, I want to go back to that will never replace a well-qualified teacher in the classroom. It's only a compliment. And many people are oftentimes confused to say, well, the technology is replacing the students. Right. Or and, the I
1: know, and I know the teachers union strongly supports what you just said as well, because yeah. they want to make sure that their teachers are still sure. the main. And that's their job. I mean, that's,
0: right. that's
1: the politics.
0: Right. That's what their mission is to, one, promote the teachers mm-hmm. and be the political strong arm of that to make sure that people like the governor and people like our state delegates they they fall in line and and people who fund our schools and um we won't go into that because that that's for <laughs> another an, topic that's another topic and we've about 6 minutes and so so far Laurie, you're fantastic on the oh, radio Oh my gosh well thank you No and you're <laughs> going to be great when when you when you have your your own mic and your own show and be able to roll with this and I think this was and
1: see how fast time flies by. Well, you know, you make it very easy, Ryan, because, <laughs> and I can tell you had experience doing well, this. Well, I listened last. And I, have to, I want to compliment him. Last week, when he, I encourage everyone to listen to the discussion about Baltimore, and um, he did an excellent job oh, with the speakers you. last week on that.
0: Yeah, we did a community policing show last yeah. week, and we had some great guests, and we talked about uh, implementing a community policing model in Montgomery County. But no, I I, I really appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to, to your own show and uh, helping you uh, as we progress in that with the organization. Um, so th- to to sort of wrap up this conversation, what do you think the next steps are going to be? When will we find out? Anything and when do you think the board will have come to a conclusion? And when will we at least? I want to hear a name, I just want to hear a name. <laughs> know. You know, we, we're all anxious to hear who these folks are. I can't remember exactly
1: when it happened last time, but I, I mean, I think they the the goal is for the, the new superintendent to be effective as of July 1 that's okay. the new school year uh, when the school year starts, fiscal
0: year uh, fiscal twenty year, right. twenty fifteen. 2015.
1: Uh, so I would think like May, Mayish. We should know. I mean, they're supposed to be. I, I did look on the um, Education Week um, website, and they it's like it's closed now. If you wanted to apply, you can't apply now. <laughs> so I hope that if you really want to be a superintendent of our school system, you would still apply if you if you know if you think you could get the job. I just feel like uh, so it's not it shut up. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're interviewing now. Uh, it, they it said in an article they'd be interviewing in in uh, March. Well, so it's already going on, I think,
0: so the interviews are taking are in real time, yeah and
1: and they were looking at someone who went to Florida, right, I, I can't remember his name, but that someone um that one of the people they were looking at already chose to go somewhere else.
0: Have you heard any favorites?
1: Nope, I don't know anybody who's so, you know I, I when you know what I've watched um superintendents in discussions and forums uh online and i I can't tell you who I would like to have um well, there's something good about every person who's, who, who could be a superintendent, but there's there's also some negative things about every person. We, we really will not have uh, we have to expect someone who's going to have some flaws, and we're going to have to um, you know work with the superintendent, support the superintendent, and um, help them work through their weaknesses.
0: Um, I, there's an article that was printed on 424 uh, this year. Kimberly uh, is it Statham, Statham yep. uh, top deputy to former Montgomery County Public Schools, Josh Starr, said she's not in the running to replace him. She's out. Right,
1: I heard that. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and there was some insiders in the administration who were pushing her, um, and, and it wrote in here the article that responding to a query from the Bethesda Beat, she said that she's not a candidate for the superintendent job, and she had not applied for the job, and she said that she informed the school board which is vetting the candidates of her decision. And do, do you have any insight about uh, this individual?
1: No, I don't know her very well. She was really new mm-hmm. um, when I was an officer. So I don't really know much about Kim. Um, there was another person who was up for that job, or who, who I thought was trying to get the job in the future, but she left. Um, let's see. Her name was Beth navarro Charvez, I believe. Oh, okay. Or, no, Beth Sh- Shavano-Navez. Nav- Um, she worked with Dr. Starr before he came to MCPS. And then she came here for two or three years and then was gone. I think she was superintendent. So who knows? She could possibly be in the running. Um, I can't really tell you much about her, though. Um, Another... Person I've heard a lot of people say they wish would be superintendent was at I, I think his name is Christopher Christopher Gannon. Okay. Deb, you, you mentioned someone as, as I've a I've heard, heard with it. Gannon. He was he was uh. Well, that was Joe Gannon, he was who a, was the Montgomery
0: oh, okay. County teacher of I the think year.
1: Chris Gannon was I think the um uh the high school superintendent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people knew him a lot, but he left for another job. So, you know, unfortunately, people really like him. So I want to read. It says there's a guy by the name of
0: Robert uh, Avosa, Avosa, 43, uh-huh. who's 43 years old, superintendent of schools in Fulton County, Georgia, was described earlier this week as a finalist for the Montgomery Post, according, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. But instead, he will become superintendent of Palm Beach. Oh, that's
1: the Florida guy.
0: That's the Florida guy. All right. Where he's going to be paid a base salary.
1: Of $350,000. Of $350, well, I'm not sure if that's what we're going to be offering. Uh, uh, maybe the money is what... Not quite. Enticed, no? Uh, apparently,
0: I, I would say about two hundred sixty. Okay. In commiserate with experience plus benefits, and it, it all depends. So, it's not 40 seconds. Um, Laurie, it was great to have you. I think that this Thanks will... Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And this is going to bear some insight into parents and teachers that are willing to um, investigate further, and I hope they listen. So... Any final thoughts?
1: No, just I encourage everyone to follow me at, at Laurie and look for me. Um, I'm not yet on uh, blogging on the uh, Change Montgomery County website, mm-hmm. but I hope to be doing that soon. So Excellent. Try to hopefully you'll hear from me soon.
0: Well, thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Ryan Miner. You're listening to A Minor Detail on the Change Montgomery County Radio Network. Thank you, and have a great evening. <coughs>
1: So what do you think? Now get <coughs>